This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Today on the COVID report, we are joined by Deirdre Adams to not only tell us more about Food Forward SA, but also look at how this pandemic has heightened food waste. Thank you so much, Ms. Adams, for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, could you tell us more about the work of Food Forward SA and what your main objective and mission is as an organization? Thank you very much, Sipo Fnikle. Um, uh, we feel really honored to have been invited by um, your station to share with your listeners about what we do at Food Forward South Africa. So we were established in 2009, so we've got an 11-year track record already. Our vision is a South Africa without hunger, and our mission is to reduce hunger in South Africa by safely and cost-effectively securing quality food and making it available to those who need it. So now um, in South Africa, we're sitting with quite a paradoxical situation. You know, we have um, pre-COVID, we had 14 million people who were going hungry on a daily basis. We are now sitting with about half of our population who are food insecure. And while all of this is going on, we have a third of all food that gets dumped annually. So about 10 million tons of food gets dumped annually. It's, it's, it's quite a shocking to look at. So we as Food Forward South Africa are perfectly positioned to recover surplus food in the supply chain and to redistribute this to beneficiary organizations in need. So our partners are, um, our supply chain partners are retailers, manufacturers, wholesalers, and farmers who donate their surplus food to us and we distribute that to beneficiary organizations who in turn feed vulnerable beneficiaries. Very informative stuff. Just on that, Deirdre, if you could take us through as the largest food redistribution organization in South Africa, as Food Forward SA is, can you tell us more about the programs you have and the role that this plays in assisting vulnerable groups across our country? Okay, so we um, have what's called a food banking, and we've adopted this a model from the United States where food banking is quite a traditional way of distributing food to vulnerable people. So our programs comprise um, various initiatives. And, and the first one is warehouse food banking. So with warehouse food banking, our beneficiary organizations, and I just like to emphasize that we work with registered beneficiary organizations. It will be quite important for me just to also discuss, um, to spend some time discussing and explaining our clients who are registered beneficiary organizations. So they come once a month to collect food from our warehouses. We have um, branches in Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Durban, Germiston, and Rustenburg. So we have nine physical branches around the country, but we have a footprint now in all of the nine provinces. So they collect um, through the beneficiary organizations, they collect food at our warehouses once a month. Then we also have a piece of digital technology called FoodShare. 
And through FoodShare, we link up our beneficiary organizations virtually to the nearest retail store. Um, so through that mechanism, they can get food more regularly, even daily. So they can go to their nearest pick and pay or food lovers market or Woolworths to collect surplus food at the level of the store daily. Then we have a program with farmers called Second Harvest. So we established this program called Second Harvest in 2018. Um, you know, on farms, about 50% of all agricultural produce gets wasted. It's quite alarming. And the reasons for that is that, um, you know, a retailer maybe wants a certain tomato that has a certain shape. And if it's what, they, what we call out of stick, they cannot sell it onto the retailer. And that would ordinarily be dumped. But as Food Forward SA, we take that produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. It's perfectly edible and nutritious. And, and it can be used to feed hungry people. So with Second Harvest, it's a program that connects us to um, farmers in South Africa. Then... Last year in June, we launched a program that would help us to address rural food insecurity. Now, with our food banking model, um, it's really an urbanized solution to addressing hunger. But with this program, which we call the Mobile Rural Depot Program, we, um, we get greater access to rural communities who suffer from food insecurity. So with our MRDs or our mobile rural depots, we are now reaching um, about 50,000 people. So in total, we are reaching over 400,000 people across the country and um, 50,000 people are, of the 400,000 we are reaching in rural communities through our mobile rural depot program. Then um, last year, we also decided that we also want, in our small own small way, we want to um, try to help the situation regarding youth unemployment. So we established a supply chain youth internship where we take in unemployed youth and we train them in supply chain, logistics, and warehousing. Because we've got the infrastructure, we've got the facilities, and so what we did, we partnered with the... Um, it's a, uh, a service provider who provides training, gives these, these youth training for six months. And it's not only about the training for us, it's important to ensure that they get jobs at the end of the training. So we also employ some of interns as well. And then we also try to get them employment with our retail partners. Then we also have a program in partnership with Kellogg's and Pioneer, where we provide school children with breakfast um, cereal and milk. So those are, in essence, our our programs which make up our, you know, our, our programs to address food insecurity. And the public and private sector partnership for equitable and effective food distribution is the model that you have adopted as Food Forward SA. How does it work and how has it helped in recovering quality edibles, edible surplus food from the consumer goods supply chain? Yes, in order to make our model work, this partnership is critical. 
So we partner with all the major retailers. We have um, on board Pick and Pay, ShopRite, Woolworths, etc. And we we take in their surplus and we redistribute this uh, good quality surplus food to to people who are hungry. So there's always inefficiencies in the supply chain. Um, you know, at the beginning, in, in um, at the start, I said 10 million food gets dumped, and 95% of that wastage happens in the supply chain. In South Africa, only 5% of the food wastage happens at the level of the consumer. So inefficiencies in the supply chain happen um, as a matter of course, and there are various reasons for this happening. It could be incorrect labeling during the manufacturing process. Um, as I mentioned on farms, about 50% of all um, production on farms goes, goes to waste, unfortunately. Um, and then in, um, poor forecasting, all those reasons give rise to surplus. Now, much of that would go to landfill. But we are there and we provide a solution to our supply chain partners. So we provide a business-to-business -business solution where we say, instead of dumping your surplus food, we will take it, the edible food, the quality edible food, and we will use that to feed people. And our supply chain partners benefit greatly because not only do they, they don't have to dump because that costs millions to actually dump, but we also provide them with Section 18A tax certificates. So they save as well. Um, they can get tax rebates from SARS. So we really save them on multiple fronts as well. And then also the social impact of them not having to dump good food, but using it for feeding people. Now, in South Africa, the primary drivers of food insecurity are access and affordability associated with high levels of inequality and unemployment. How is the security supply a key factor in ensuring food availability? Okay, so that is, um, it's just to emphasize again that it's not a problem about a lack of access to food in South Africa or a lack of, um, a lack of food. It's a lack of access to food. And we, as Food Forward South Africa, provide a logistical solution to ensuring that people have access to food. And despite the challenges faced by agricultural sectors when lockdown restrictions came into effect, how would you say the food value chain's efforts was managed in ensuring that this harvest was collected with minimal wastage? You know, I think there was a lot of wastage and there would have been much more wastage on farms. Um, at the start of lockdown, levels five and levels four, when um, there were restrictions on exports, for example, a lot of farmers had no option but to dump. So I think that was a very sad situation. But And so Food Forward South Africa as well received calls from AgriSA and also the Citrus South Africa um, Association because of the situation that farmers would have had to dump their good quality produce on farms. And, and that's what they didn't want to do that. So we were, we were very fortunate to be there at the right time as well. And we got an abundance, especially an abundance of citrus during May, especially May and June, which we could distribute to vulnerable people. It was great because obviously citrus, which is high in vitamin C, also helps 
immunity and so on. So I think we played a very critical role. Otherwise, much of that produce would have been dumped. Now, while there's been an abundance nationally, there is still a lack of food at a local level with some communities appearing to be approaching boiling point. Can you take us through how desperate the situation seems to have become where children are concerned? Yeah, you know, um, half of all our beneficiaries are children. And so we, a third of our beneficiary organizations are actually um, early childhood development centers or community creches. So there we also play a very important role. But unfortunately, during hard lockdown level five and level four, these creches were forced to be closed because of COVID regulations. And we couldn't we couldn't feed them via the creches. So what we did as an organization, we also changed our model to adapt to the situation at the time. We then provided organizations like creches who were willing to do this. We provided them with the bulk food items to provide food parcels to vulnerable households in their communities so that these children could be fed. Um, but now these, the creches are allowed to operate again and so we're back to our normal operations where we can feed children through our, um, our early child development centres. Now, Ms. Adams, the government is positioned to provide financial support via the social grant system, which works effectively. Do you feel that it is well equipped to address localised food security problems and is it doing enough to do so? Unfortunately... It's not doing enough. And, you know, uh, I can confidently say it's not doing enough. And the reason for this is that the government, while the government knows which NGOs are operating, because as, as NGOs, everyone has to register with them, they don't know what the NGOs are doing on the ground. And so they really, um, because of that, they... They don't, because they don't know who's doing what, they, they don't support where it's really needed. What they should be doing is they should be giving subsidies to NGOs, you know, like Food Forward, SA and the like, and help support them with the work that they are doing. Now, earlier you spoke very eloquently on how the abundance of citrus contributed to building immunity to fight this virus that is currently gripping not just South Africa, but the rest of the world. And we're seeing in our own trajectory of the fight against this virus, we're in lockdown level one now, cases are coming in at a at well below the average that was stipulated for lockdown level one. And coupling that with how hunger can be seen as one of a complex cluster of social problems, what devastating consequences could lack of nutrition have for our development as a nation? So just as a, as a pretext to answer your question, I just like to describe the organizations we are supporting and and as a way to answer your question, to say how our support helps these organizations. So we're supporting, as, as I mentioned, the Early Child Development Centers, a third of all our organizations are ECDs. Then we have about 10% of our organizations that are skill centers, so that's where the youth fit in. We have support clubs, we have aftercare facilities for children who would otherwise be roaming the streets if they weren't in these um, aftercare facilities. 
We support old age homes. We support healthcare facilities, for example, um, patients suffering from HIV, AIDS, and TB. We support disability care facilities. We support orphanages. We support shelters for homeless people and shelters for abused women. And then about just over 10% of our organizations are community feeding programs. For all of these, there are 10 different type of organizations I've described now, and they make up the about 1,000 registered beneficiary organizations we support. And in turn, these 1,000 organizations feed over 400,000 people daily. So what our food does, so... Food Forward SA positions, we, we're not just a charity that hands out food. We don't do that. We don't give food parcels. Um, during hard lockdown, we did um, deliver food parcels as a necessity, but ordinarily our model does not work like that. We provide food in a sustainable manner to organizations. Now, about 75% of all our organizations do developmental work. And what our model does, we support those organizations doing developmental work so that our food vision is seen as a catalyst to development. So if you look at the creches, our food is used to provide these kids with a breakfast, with a snack, with, a, with lunch as well. And then you can see the long-term effects of children who are getting healthy meals, right? They can learn better, have better educational outcomes. With the skills development centers, for example, where um, many of the youth attend, our food is used an, as an incentive for the youth to attend classes, whatever skills development programs are happening in those centers. And then if they complete those courses, they have better employability prospects. With the after-school centers, for example, for children, our food is also used as an incentive for children to come and attend these programs. I mean, can you imagine if you were a kid, um, maybe a teenager in grade 10, now you still go, you have to attend an after, an after school program. You don't feel like it, but if there's a healthy snack or a delicious sandwich, you will go and attend it. And then you'll, you know, you'll be energized again to attend those programs after school. With our elderly, we have about 10% of all our facilities, um, our organizations are old age homes. The importance of nutritious food for the elderly cannot be overemphasized there for, especially for, for not only for physical well-being, but also for mental well-being. For our HIV, AIDS um, and TB centers, food is also used to improve the efficacy of the medication that the patients take. So also as an incentive, um, the patients can, um, they take their medication with food and, and it improves how that medication works, which leads to better health outcomes. Um, yeah, and shelters and rehab facilities also important. So with our shelters, we get a lot of um, coffee, for example, and that provides our, um, the people attending our homeless shelters with a nice hot cup of coffee in the evening. So that's just one of the things that, you know, we, we're quite specific about the type of food that we give to those types of organizations. Um, so that's important for their well-being as well, and also for homeless people to get a meal at night as well for, you know, maintain well-being. 
for the community feeding programs that feed, they really feed the indigent people in the, in the community a good plate of food at least once a day also promotes um, good nutrition, you know, compared to if they, if they were going hungry. So our food is used as a catalyst for social development, not just as a handout for charities. Now, this is incredibly important work considering South Africa's immediate food security threats are about access and utilization. And how imperative is it then to be able to collaborate with other organizations and arrange equitable distribution in ensuring donations and funds are spent according to their intended purpose? And more importantly, how does Food Forward SA ensure efficiency and that no corruption is associated with donations and the work that it has done? So um, to answer this question, I'm again going to focus on our beneficiary organizations. So it's quite a, a, a stringent process that we follow when we, we call it onboarding of beneficiary organizations, they have to undergo a due diligence. We check that they, have, they are registered, that they have all the correct documentation. So they apply online also via our um, digital platform, FoodShare. We call that a soft vetting. Um, before they are approved, become, become one of our member organizations, we go out and we do a physical vetting. So we go and we do um, a visit to the organization to determine that what they have said on the application form, we can actually verify. Once we are satisfied that everything is in place, they've got a kitchen, they're feeding people, um, they said on the form they're feeding people four days a week, and we're satisfied that that is true, we then approve them to become a member of the organization. It doesn't stop there. What we then do, once they are a member of our organization, they then get an unannounced visit three times per year, which is part of our monitoring and evaluation. And we do this to ensure that the food is going to the intended beneficiaries. So the reason that we do that is because we are like any other nonprofit organization, we depend on donor funding to do what we do. And so we are accountable to the many donors out there who support us, who believe that we do um, what we do credibly, and we need to be accountable to our donors. So um, that is a very important part of our model, um, the verification of our donors and also the ongoing monitoring and evaluation. And I think in this way, we can confidently say that we, we mitigate corruption. If we do find out through our, um, our monitoring that there's anything you know, untoward happening, we will blacklist an organization and we stop them from getting food and we call that offboarding. So then you know, they're not a member of our organization any longer. Now, Ms. Adams, we'll be celebrating World Food Day in October. October of a year that has changed lives in every sense of the term. Now, in the interests of ensuring the integrity of the honest exchange that occurs between organizations such as yourselves, as Food Forward South Africa, and the people in the most dire need of the food, that needs to be delivered to them. 
What responsibility is there on stakeholders in the food distribution chain to ensure compliance with basic food safety standards, particularly now during this pandemic? And how can initiatives such as Food Forward South Africa continue the work in promoting worldwide awareness and action for those who suffer from hunger and for the need to ensure healthy diets for all? Yes, so we are very aware of World Food Day tomorrow and we'll be launching our campaign. World Food Day is on the 16th of October, but we're starting to launch it tomorrow from the 1st of October and we'll be celebrating it right through until the 16th of October. And um, part of that will be raising awareness about the problem of food waste. Yesterday, in fact, was International Day of Awareness of Food Waste and Loss. And um, also yesterday was a very, um, there was a milestone moment in South Africa where there was the signing of a voluntary agreement amongst um, supply chain partners to end food waste. So there is legislation coming ahead. By 2025, the um, legislation will be in place um, for supply chain actors to reduce food waste and not to dump. So all of this time it's been voluntary, um, but I think the signing of the agreement yesterday will also raise awareness that, you know, um, donating surplus food to Food Forward SA is an option and that dumping will no longer be an option. There will always be um, inefficiencies in the supply chain leading to surplus food production. And so, Dumping is not going to be an option anymore. They're going to be fine. There are going to be penalties. And that the solution is then to direct surplus food to feeding people and not to dumping um, the surplus food. So, yes, we'll be raising awareness about, about all of that during the next couple of weeks. Um, and, yes, that we are a solution to, to the problem of food waste. And lastly, Ms. Adams, before I let you go, what is your lasting words or your parting words for our listeners, for them to know about food waste during this time or the work done by your organization? I think that I would, um, I would, ask, I would ask everybody to, to learn about Food Forward SA and just find out more ways that they can help. So everyone has a role to play. You know, everyone can play a role. You don't just have to donate money. You can do a food drive. You can raise awareness if you are involved in, in uh, if you're working for a retailer or a wholesaler or manufacturer. I think that, that it's just to be aware that there are actors out there who work with surplus food to feed people, you know, and that everyone has a role to play. Um, we also have um, our model, which is a very effective model. So it costs us 85 cents to provide a meal to a beneficiary. So no matter how small the donation is, every donation will make an impact. So if, you, if you're giving 85 cents, for example, it's going to help us provide a meal. If you're giving 255 rand, to us, it's going to help feed a person for a whole year. You know, we can provide a meal every day for a person for a whole year. So I think the more people who know about our organization and the impact that we are making, the better. 
Um, I also just want to add that we are scaling up very rapidly. For us, COVID was the impetus for us to scale. We have always had a five-year plan to scale, but we are reaching that much sooner than what we planned. Um, donor funding has made that possible. We are now present in all nine provinces of South Africa, and we are rapidly expanding to more and more towns um, that are food insecure. So, yes, we need all the support we can get. We've just been joined by Ms. Deirdre Adams from Food Forward South Africa, talking to us about how the pandemic has exacerbated the food wastage, not just in South Africa, but in various parts of the rest of the world that's also equally been impacted by the pandemic and has sounded the call to fellow South Africans to donate any that they can towards the wonderful work that they do at Food Forward South Africa. And to those South Africans, we go right now to find out from them how they feel about matters pertaining to food wastage, especially during this pandemic. This is what a few of those South Africans had to say. Food is nice, bro. Like, I don't feel bad when I don't finish my food because I know I'll eat it again next day in the morning. Yeah, so like, I, I don't waste food. Like, I chow my food. Like, I'm a big man, so like, I chow my food like big time and I just love food in general and like with the lockdown and restaurants throwing food like I feel like that's a waste they could have done like other things like maybe charity works whereby like they give out the food for like the homeless and give out the food to like those that I really need in food because there was like food parcels that were supposed to go out to families but it's only like one out of ten that you hear about that you know, so, so yeah nothing hurts me like seeing food going to waste and people throwing it away there are many people without food out there. So me and my friends, we are currently working on creating a foundation for people without food. And those were some of the thoughts of our fellow South Africans around food waste and if it is something they have ever considered. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. Or stream, stream. via www.vafm.co.za.